For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 3 is where we'll be at today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 3. And today, I've entitled today's message, A Cheerful Giver. A Cheerful Giver. Now, when we hear that word giving or giver, we automatically think of money, but I don't want you to think of money automatically. And can I just say, do we as, as, as humans think of that? Because it's the, do we think of money when we hear the word giving because money is the most important thing to us? I've asked myself that. Why does that come to my mind when I hear a preacher or a pastor or an evangelist say giving? Maybe he's not talking nothing about money. Maybe he's talking about giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your effort. But for some reason, money always comes to the forefront of the mind, doesn't it? And so I hope that convicts you. I hope you realize that maybe you're thinking of money when you hear giving because it's what's most important to you. And I could put myself in that same boat sometimes. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 3, the Bible says... Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that, as I said, ye may be ready. Verse 4. Lest haply, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident in boasting. Paul is saying here that they find you unprepared. I can tell you, it's a bad thing to be unprepared for anything. It's amazing when you, there's a hurricane out there or a storm, and that's the first thing you start to hear, hurricane preparedness. Get ready. Get prepared. We know something's coming. It's bad. It could take you out. You better be ready for it. All the water and all everything starts flying off the shelf. Gas runs out at gas stations. Everybody's getting prepared because they know something is coming. Let me just tell you, You better get ready, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. He's coming for his bride. He's coming for his church. Uh, It's commonly known as the rapture, although that that word is not in the Bible. It's called the catching away. But the rapture refers to that. And so it's for the Christians. It's for the saved. It's for those that are their names written in the Lamb's book of life. It's for the church. And the church is not the four walls in the building. The church is the people. Do you understand? Jesus Christ did not die for a building or a steeple. He died for you to save your soul. 
from the penalty of sin, which is the fires of hell. So be prepared. But here, Paul is telling them that be ready. I don't want to say I'm boasting on your behalf. And then you show up unprepared. Make sure that you're prepared. He said, be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Verse number five. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. This then is why Paul thought it necessary to exhort these three brethren to go to Corinth before he himself went. He sent them. They would go before uh, their generous gift beforehand, which they had previously promised to those Jerusalem saints. That it may be ready as a matter of generosity, not as grudgingly, not as an obligation, but as giving. True giving is not done begrudgingly or out out of obligation or out of necessity. No, it's done out of the love of the person's heart. So here was no thought that these funds should be wrung out of the saints as by exhortation, as it should never be in the church or anywhere else on television or on radio. No, if somebody wants to give, it needs to be out of the generosity and the own free will of their own heart, because truly they're not given to you, preacher. They're not given to you, pastor. They're not given to that church. They're not given to that ministry. They are giving to God. Amen. When you give to Crossbound Ministry, our ministry, that money goes to the work of God, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ to spread the gospel message of salvation. Amen. The message of hope. And so God loves a cheerful giver. And we all do. Let's be honest. You don't want somebody to give something to you begrudgingly. Well, I, I have to give this to you. I don't really want to, but I'm, I just have to because it's just a necessity and a requirement. And here, here you go. That just takes all the, all the thrill out of it, doesn't it? It just, there's no feeling behind it. You know, they don't really want to do it. They're just doing it because they have to do it or because they're supposed to do it. But oh my, when somebody gives to you out of the love that they have for you in your heart, I tell you, it changes things, and it's the same with God, but on a much greater level that is hard to comprehend. Look with me now in verse number 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So here in verse 6 through 15, here the Paul is going to list some wonderful items and some rewards and some benefits of giving. And here first he, we talk about the law of harvest. You know, it's well known in the farming community and agriculture that a generous sowing of seed is, is very necess necessary to reap a good, genuine, generous harvest. You've got to be generous sowing those seeds. You, you can't be stingy with your seeds and, and expect to get a great crop. It's not going to happen. So perhaps the farmer is ready to put the seed in the ground. Shall he sow liberally and, and just put them out there as much as he can? Or shall he just take some of the grain and maybe eat some of it? Maybe make a meal out of it because... 
well, I don't know if this is going to grow. I don't know if I truly trust God for this to happen. So I'm going to take the seeds that I have. I'm going to make a meal out of them. Maybe he pounds it into a loaf of bread or grinds it down the, the, the wheat and the barley instead of planting those seeds. But truthfully, if you plant those seeds, they will grow much more than you can ever eat. But here we're not talking about physical seeds. No, we're talking about spiritual seeds. And I may put a side note. Spiritual seeds can be money also. When giving to a missionary so that he can go overseas, when giving to a ministry here in this country so that people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's something that God has laid on my heart. There are so many right here in America. I have met so many that I've lost count. I've never met somebody that didn't know the name of Jesus Christ, but the problem lies is they don't understand the connection between Christ dying on the cross and him forgiving them of their own sins, that it's a personal matter. There's where the disconnect lies. And so I believe there's a great harvest to be filled right here in America, and God has laid that on my heart. And we do so by printing of tracks, by preaching on the radio, by putting it online, by getting the message out there planting seeds wherever God opens the door just as liberally that's as many seeds as I can put out there amen why because I want to see a harvest for the Lord Jesus Christ it's not about me I'm nothing I'm nobody you don't even need to know my name but you need to know the Savior's name his name is the Lord Jesus amen do you know him today have you accepted him into your life as your personal Savior and that's what happens even when you sow money, when you give to a missionary, when you give to a church, when you give to a ministry, when you give to an evangelist, is to further the work of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is planting a seed. But it's also planting a seed when you share a track or share the gospel or share what God has done for you. All those are seeds for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is in Christian giving. It's not a question of, of what I'm receiving back or I'm giving expecting to get something back. No, you should give expecting to get nothing back, but hoping that the Lord Jesus Christ gets all the glory, the honor, the praise out of it. And really and truthfully, you are doing it out of the love that you have for God and what he has done for you. Amen. Think about that. You're not giving to that person. Sure, you should love that person. The Bible tells you to love your neighbor as yourself. I'm not saying that. But the truth is, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for the Lord. You're hoping that they get saved. You're hoping they get something out of it. You're hoping that preacher reaches more people. You're hoping our ministry reaches even further and reaches thousands. You're hoping that evangelist gets somebody saved. You're hoping the money you gave to print tracts, people get saved and read those. Amen. All those are your giving out of the love that you have for God and what he's done for you in your relationship with him. And that's when you're actually giving out of the heart. And of course, we don't expect to receive money back, but we expect to receive a lot of spiritual blessings. And the Bible talks about that. And a lot of them you'll get later, but a lot of them you'll get right here in this life. Can I just say, a lot of times we, we uh, diminish the true gifts from God. We think of a car, oh, that's, that's what, what a blessing, or a house, or a job, or some money that somebody gave us, but those are not the real blessings at all. The real blessings are what God does in your heart, and the work that he does in you, through you, and for you, as he draws you closer to him. 
And that's the real spiritual blessings, amen? Oh, you're going to get rewards in heaven, amen, for that. But here's the thing, you won't hold on to them. You'll know, you'll know, you'll know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are not worthy. And the Bible says that he is worthy and that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says that even the crown that you have won, whether you've won one or you've won many, the Bible says that you will cast them at the Savior's feet because we will know that we're not worthy but he is amen but i tell you those blessings that you get in your heart now those spiritual blessings are joy peace love happiness contentment amen long suffering yes those are fruits of the spirit amen those are i believe gifts from god let me tell you, there's some money can't buy. It can't buy joy. It can't buy peace. It can't buy one drop of happiness. But God can pour that into your heart. Amen. Till your cup runneth over. So when you give to God, you do get blessings here today and now to know that I'm right with the Lord. And I tell you, well, just like I said, when you give out of the love that you have for him in your heart, it changes everything. Look with me now, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7. Every man, according as he purpose in his heart, let so let him give, not grudgingly, or out of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. So each one of us is to give as God has purpose in our heart. And we have purposed in our heart. Amen. What has God laid on your heart to do or to give? Is it your time? Is it your effort? Is it your, your forgiveness? Is it your money? Is it your finances? Is it your connections? Is it what you have? Is it your skill? Is it your ability? Or is it all the above? Here's the thing. I believe it's all the above. It's so much more than money. The money doesn't mean much. When you give yourself to somebody, everything else, you'll give them. And I've said this many times when I gave my heart to my wife. Hey, none of this other stuff I had mattered. The, the car, the house, the money, whatever it is, th those things don't matter. She matters. And that's the same with God. When you give your heart to God, nothing, all these other things really don't matter because you've already given your heart to him and you are there to serve and to love him. Like Job said, even in the hard times, though he slay me, I will trust him. Amen. I will serve him. Why? Because it is what I should do. Amen. Because I love him because he saved me from the fires of hell, from the penalty of sin. And I am so thankful for that. So it says every man according as he purpose in his heart. All of us should purpose in our heart to give something. It would be necessary for you, for you to consider what is necessary for your immediate needs. If you have $5, I don't think God's going to lay down your heart for you to give that away if you're hungry. He'll expect you to get you something to eat. You have certain things that you're supposed to take care of. I have a family. I have a wife. I have kids. It is my job and my duty as a man to take care of my family. It is my job to be the breadwinner. It is my job to make sure that my kids have shoes on their feet, clothes on their back, and food on the table. It's not my wife's job. That's my job. If a woman decides to step in to help, great. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong if a wife wants to work, but it's ultimately not her job. It's according to the Bible. It's the man's job. It's the husband's job. 
It even says that if a man won't provide for his family, he's worse than an infidel. That's what the Bible says about that. And so you know that you have my first ministry is to my family is what I'm trying to say. I'm not going to take something from them and give it to somebody else. But here's the thing here in America, we have so much. We're not going to run out of food. Uh, we're not going to run out of water. Amen. We have those basic necessities down. So we don't really have that issue. Somebody in another country might. But listen, if you know that God has laid it on your heart and you know for a fact, then you give it. I don't care if it's your last $2. Just like the woman that had a cruise of oil and, and a little bit of meal. And here come the prophet said, make a, a cake for me. And she said, I don't have enough. I was going to make a cake and me and my son were going to die. But you know what? When she obeyed God, that cruise of oil never ran out. And I'm here to tell you, when you know that God has called you to give it, your cruise of oil, just like that woman's, will never run out. It may be when you go to the mailbox, it'll be there. It may be somebody stops by your house and knocks on the door and leaves some groceries on the, on, on the front porch. I do not know, but I'm telling you, God is faithful. Trust Him. When He lays it on your heart, you do it. When He lays it on your heart, you give it. Amen. So above that, above taking care of your obligations, that's giving. Uh, and here I can hear to tell you that tithing is an obligation. Now, it shouldn't be done begrudgingly. Absolutely not. But giving is beyond that. Amen. And so beyond that, as followers of Christ, we should be givers. So when you take all this into consideration, you should give not grudgingly or out of necessity. It's, do you know it's possible to give and not be happy about it? It's possible for a kid to take out the trash when their parent tells them to and the kid be slapped mad about it and throw a fit, but they still did it. And it's possible for you to do the same thing when you're, when you're given. But the Bible says, don't do it. You might as well just keep it. Does God really need your money? No, he does not. The Bible says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. In Psalm chapter 50, verse 10 through 12, he doesn't need anything from you, but he wants your heart. And he knows, listen, God knows how close our heart could be tied to our money. And just like I said in the very beginning, that's why when you hear the word giving, usually money comes to the forefront of our mind. And so God wants us to keep our heart right with him. Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. Give out of your heart's attitude. How much do you love God? How important is his word to you? How much do you want to serve him? How much do you trust him? God loves to see a Christian who is filled with the joy of the Lord, and he wants to share with others. God loves a cheerful giver. Listen to me, giving. You ever seen that book, The Love Languages, The Five Love Languages? Uh, and we all talk about that. We talk about that's my love language or, you know, giving or sharing. But listen to me, giving is the love language of love. It is. There's no other way to say it. Even God said that. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son. So I'm going to say that again. Giving is the language of love. When you truly love somebody, you're going to give them something. When you're truly sold out for God and in love with him and following him and serving him, you are going to give your best to 
him. Not, not just like I said, not just the money. No, it's going to be your time, your talent, your connections, your work, your money, and everything else involved. We just think of money, but I believe God's talking about the whole thing and everything that you have. All of you, in other words. Amen? Look with me now in verse number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye also, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. What that verse say? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. You know, it's an amazing thing that our, you know our government has seed banks, and they are stored away deep in mountains, where it's kept good and cold. And I believe there's even a few in the buildings, and they're seed sellers, and they've got every type of seed uh, known to man, every type of fruit and tree and herb and vegetable. That way, if there is an apocalypse. Uh, them seeds can be saved and they can be planted. It's an amazing thing how you can take a seed that is 40, 50, 60, 100 years old and it'll just lay there. But when you plant it in the ground and you water it, it comes alive and it starts to grow. And I'm here to tell you, only God can do that. When you plant the seed, You've got to trust God for it to grow. Oh, some may plant, some may water, but the Bible says God gives the increase. We don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know where, but we are just supposed to give. And the Bible says God gives the increase. Just like that seed, you can stick it in the ground, you can water it, but I'm going to tell you what, you can't make it grow. You cannot make it bust out of that shell and grow one single solitary inch. You can't do it. That's in God's hands. But you can take that seed and dig a hole and bury it and water it faithfully and wait on God to work for that seed to bud and come forth. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. And here we have that promise. Do you understand? Here we have that promise if you, if we really want to be generous, God will see that you are given the opportunity to be generous in whichever way. You'll be like a piece of conduit. It just flows through you to other people. And it is an amazing thing. The closer you get to God, the more you'll love people, even the people that don't like you, even the people you don't like. But you can still love them. You can still pray for them. I can hear them here to tell you when you stop and you start praying for those people, that are just hateful to you and miserable to you and don't like you and talk bad about you, hard to work with and this, that, and the other, when you will truly start praying for them, and I'm talking about truly and really and genuinely mean it and care in your heart, God will do something in and through you that is absolutely amazing. He may not do nothing to them. He may do it all to you. Many times, many times when we're in those circumstances, we want God to change the circumstance when really God says, I'm trying to change you. And it's us that needs to change. It's us that needs to conform. And yes, I need to hear this message too. Amen. Grace. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. God is able to supply all us, all of us with resources. He's able to meet all our needs. All sufficient God. But so that we're able to share what we have with others and have that abundance of grace to every good work. Notice that all this verse is all, it's all grace, amen. It's all about God's grace. Thank God for his grace in all things, in every good work. I thank God for the grace I have in my life. Do you have it in your life? 
Have you been saved? Have you truly realized you're a sinner in need of a Savior, repented of your sins, put your faith in the cross and what Jesus did that he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. He has defeated death, hell, and the grave. That's why you can put your faith and trust in him. Amen. been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.